Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. With everything you need to know in sports, we call it the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. And we start with the Phoenix Suns. Already without Cam Johnson heading into their four-game road trip, they are going to be without Chris Paul tonight as well. They lost him in the game against Philadelphia. It was later described as right heel soreness. He has been ruled out for tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, you think of it, you put it in a nutshell, right? No Jay Crowder, no Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson. Three of your top seven guys, you know, from your rotation last year and not playing right now. And uh, so that's that's tough. There was a lot of pressure on Book in that game against Philadelphia. It was a close game going into the fourth quarter. Five-point game, so they rode Book to try to get that victory. And in the end, they end up losing by 12 points. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock. You can hear all the action right here on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7. Now, we just wrapped up our conversation with James Jones about a half hour ago, and I just want to play this one last cut from it because because it does sort of confirm the timeline that we're looking for on Cam Johnson's recovery yes. from his meniscus surgery. Here's James Jones. Recovery can be anywhere from four to eight weeks. Um, you can come back quickly. You could, you know, take it and be extremely conservative. You know, so we figure somewhere between four to eight weeks, six okay. to eight weeks, somewhere around there. Four to eight, six to eight, somewhere yeah. around there. So it's a couple of months. Yep. I mean, it's a couple of months. You won't see him. I mean, I would think the earliest you're going to see him is probably late January. And they're going to take their time, right? They'll take their time. They're not going to rush this. I mean, the most important thing is to get him back healthy uh, and ready for the playoffs. So, But it is, you know, they did go with the surgery in which they take it out compared to repair, which gets him back on the court quicker. He did say that the first three weeks would be really key to see is it going to be more of a longer recovery or more of a quicker recovery that the first three weeks will be something worth watching. From the association today, the Brooklyn Nets officially named Jacques Vaughn head coach today. What? His promotion comes with a deal through the 2023-24 season. Yeah. He took over for Steve Nash. He's been the interim coach. There were reports almost immediately after Steve Nash got dismissed that the Nets were going to hire former Nets assistant and former Celtics head coach Ime Udoka. But, but he they, didn't get the job and Jacques Vaughn did. Yeah. This reports investigations and due diligence uh, by the Nets into Emeo Doka took longer than initially expected. Plus, there was outcry after word of their plan became known to people outside and inside the organization. Um, so they just decided that they're, they're going to go with Jacques Vaughn, that Adoka at this point was maybe toxic and decided that it was not worth hiring him. I would imagine for a team that's already got enough of a mess on their hands with Kyrie Irving, they didn't want the mess of trying to have it to explain why they hired Udoka. But the interesting thing coach. is like he's, he was very successful, right? I mean, he took the he, in the first year took the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, to the NBA Finals, excuse me. Like for the Nets, I think that like, you know, not that I, I don't know Jacques Vaughn that well. I know him as a player very well, but you know, can he do for the Nets what Adoka could have done? That's to try to get that team turned back around. That's we don't the know. question. Cardinals injury update as they get ready 
to take on the Rams. Kyler Murray made an appearance on the injury report today. He was a DNP, did not practice. That was a walkthrough, so it was an estimation of how available he would have been. But he's got a hamstring injury, and he did not practice today. Wouldn't have been available to practice. That is something to keep an eye on with the hamstring injury for the Cardinals starting quarterback. Safety Buda Baker is officially out versus the Rams, according to Cliff Kingsbury. High ankle sprain, two to three weeks. When did he actually hurt it? Earlier in the game than most mortal humans could take, I think. I mean, he's such an impressive guy. I didn't really know it had happened. He didn't say much about it until after, and then obviously was dealing with it after the game, but it was early in the game. When it happened, he just played through it and had a heck of a game once again. He played through through a high ankle sprain. I know. That's that's Buddha. I mean, that's just, that's who he is. I'm not surprised. He is such a great player and a leader, and he's he's a guy you could ill afford to lose on that defense. Yep. Any reaction to the Kyler news? I know you, in particular, are curious to see how this offense will look with somebody else at the helm if Kyler's not able to yeah, go. Yeah, I'm going to try to find out. I'm working on it right now, but yeah, I would. If Kyler can't go, I would love to see Colt McCoy and see what he could do with this offense, just to kind of see if it's, you live, let somebody else take a look at the at, at the defense and try to assess what where you can attack it and if you could have success doing it. There has been a lot of reaction to today on social media from this soundbite from Cliff Kingsbury talking about Michael Bidwell watching film with Cliff and Vance Joseph every day. There's always great communication. We sit with Michael and watch the film um, DJ and I every week and so he has a great understanding of what we're trying to do and where we're falling short and we take ownership for what we need to take ownership for and and say what we're going to do moving forward. So the um, communication has been clear and uh, everybody's been great. Yeah, I had a problem with that. Michael wants to sit in on a, on a, on a film session. City is the owner of the team. You're very right to go sit in there and, you know, talk to your coaches about what's going on and, and have them explain to you what's going on offensively, defensively, whatever. I mean, I, some people may take issue with that. I got no problem with that at all. I no think problem. some people think Michael Bidwell is a meddlesome owner and that really? this might be evidence. Yeah. And that this might be evidence that he is I've a, never a meddlesome see, owner. I've never seen that. I've um, never, I don't believe that to be true. Not uh, Maybe meddlesome is the wrong word, that he is highly, highly, highly highly involved and that that is something that certain coaches and certain general managers might not tolerate as much around the NFL. I'm with you. I think this to me, we get called into our boss's office all the time to kind of, Hey, why are you guys doing this? Why are you guys doing that? Why are you guys talking about this? As long as it doesn't cross the line into meddling with Cliff and Vance and what they're trying to do. That's I think for some, that's kind of the fear here. Absolutely. I, I don't I don't view Michael that way. I don't think that Michael is meddling. I think he is just trying to keep himself as informed as possible and as close to the situation as possible. And every owner has the right to do that, in my, in my opinion. I got no issues with it. Yep. Uh, Arizona also signed offensive lineman Wyatt Davis. They moved offensive lineman Will Hernandez to the IR. He'll miss at least four yeah, games. Yeah, just another body they needed. He was on the Giants practice squad. The Saints uh, brought him in, and they caught him. He hasn't played a whole lot, so but he's a body. Rams also put quarterback Matthew Stafford in concussion pro. Protocol. Some point, he suffered a concussion during the game against the Bucks. Not quite sure when. Played the whole game. But he's in concussion protocol now. It might be John Walford who gets to start Sunday against who, the Cardinals. Whose only career regular season start was against the Cardinals, and he beat him. Beat him. Keeps the Cardinals out him. of the playoffs. Yep. Back in that uh, last week of the season, all those years ago. Carl Vimelka, 32 saves, led the Coyotes to a 4-1 win over Buffalo last night. Hey, you know what? The Coyotes are doing a little bit better than I think most people well, expected so far. Yeah, I mean... Vimelka is just fantastic. And I think Richie's done a good job. And Gostas 
Bear has done a good job. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that they kept Gunther on the roster and they're going to keep him. And he had had five points in five games and they decided to keep him. Uh, so I think that there's they're building towards something here. It's going to take a lot of time. And then you've got that. I think tomorrow we'll know if it's going to go to a vote or not in Tempe, right, with the, the potential arena for them. Tomorrow there's a meeting the city council to decide if they're going to put it to a public vote in Tempe as to whether to approve the arena there or not. And, of course, their big, long road trip continues later this week huh. as well. Big ASU game coming up on Saturday. Sun Devils have to win out if they want to be bowl eligible. They're 3-6, and 2-4 and four in conference. They need to beat Washington State on the road. The weather's not going to be horrible from what I saw. It's going to be 37 degrees but sunny. They've got to be Washington State on the road, Oregon State at home, U of A on the road in order to become bowl eligible. I don't know if that's the goal or not, but that's what they have to do. Yeah, had a chance against UCLA. They did. They made a nice little comeback late in the game. Weren't able to pull it off. Then they gave up a touchdown drive. UCLA put the game away. But, you know, they played well enough against some of these teams to prove that they're they're not a bad team. You know, if, if, you, if you overlook them, they can beat you. Houston Astros today re-signed manager Dusty Baker for one more season. Good for him. Led the Astros to their second World Series title this past season, but his first as a manager despite all those teams he took to the postseason yep. for all those years. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't like the Astros, but they're happy for Dusty Baker that Dusty was able to win one as that a manager. seems to be the general vibe. And then a Brittany Griner update in a trial Ooh. that U.S. and international officials have referred to as an illegal proceeding. A Moscow court rejected Brittany Griner's appeal of her nine-year sentence on drug charges. That decision was entirely expected. She is now being transferred to a Russian penal colony. Brittany Griner's family has feared the transfer to this colony since Griner's conviction on a drug charge in August. Her lawyers don't know where she is or where she's going, according to a statement from her legal team in Russia in Moscow. I I have I don't know anything about it, but I know a lot of people have kind of warned that that's not a good thing. You know, it keeps reminding me of like Stranger Things and the Russians and the, I mean, I have not heard good things about where she's going, so I'm hoping that. Listen, I hope that they could just work something out to get her back. It's been too long. President Biden held a press conference today. Quote, my hope is now that the election is over, that Mr. Putin will be able to discuss with us and be willing to talk more seriously about a prisoner exchange. Close quote. Of course, the Russian government has made it very clear there will be no negotiations publicly when it comes to Brittany Griner. That if this is going to happen, this is going to happen behind the scenes and not because we're talking about it out loud. They have been very clear about that from the outset. Yeah, no, a tough spot for her. Listen, I'm... I mean, um, she she committed, um, she got transferred to this penal colony to serve the drug possession sentence. Uh, But nobody really knows where she is or where she's going, and that's tough. Texas, your thoughts, the FanDuel text line. It's open right now at 620-620. That is your 4 o'clock reset. When we come back, the Rams, boy, they have struggled on offense big time. But there is one dimension to their offense that has just been, well, dreadful. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Rams defense, and we're going to get to them more in just a minute here. The Rams defense specifically, when you take out offensive turnovers that lead to points or special teams turnovers that leads to points, just the defense for the Rams. 
is only giving up about 18 points per game. I think that's the sixth best number in the NBA. That should be good enough. That clearly is not good enough in Los Angeles right now. They're three and five. Their offense is terrible. And there are many, many reasons why that offense is terrible. Because in the NBA, you should definitely be scoring at least. Did I say the NBA? Oh, I'm sorry. The NFL. <laughs> sorry. It's been a, it's, it's been a day. Uh, in the NFL, that obviously is, uh, is not very good. Um, the, the, car, the, the Rams, look, there's a whole bunch of reasons why their offense is bad. Allen Robinson has been a bust. Their offensive line is banged up. I can't up. believe he was a bust, too. I just I, I liked him in Chicago. Cooper Cup is a one-man show offensively for that team. Matthew Stafford looks for him and only him. Stafford has struggled, though the interceptions have been cut down dramatically. Part of where the Rams are really, really bad, like really bad, their rushing offense is crazy. It's like non-existent. They, they, they just don't. They don't run they don't the ball. Have one right now. They just when you try something as much as they are and they're failing at it all the time. Uh, it's it is really it's it's mind-boggling that this offense that they can't run the football and you wonder why they're so reliant on the pass. They they just can't run. Uh, you look at their top three running backs and and how they're doing, and they just don't. They don't run the ball that well. So if you're, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, you you don't go into this game saying I got to take away the run, man. They take away the run for you. They're just not very good at it. Thirty first in attempts, thirty first in yards, thirty first in average. Cam Akers two point eight yards per carry. Malcolm Brown two point four yards per carol carry. Daryl Henderson four point one yards per carry. They were, you know, there was some talk about them adding a running back. They were desperate for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. In fact, the the offer they made to Carolina. Was really close to the offer that San Francisco made to Carolina. San Francisco's was just a tiny bit better, so they ended up getting him. They knew they knew their running game needed an upgrade. They knew they needed a top flight running back. They tried to get CMC, they couldn't, and that is part of the reason why their offense. Now the offensive line certainly has something to do with that as well. Their offensive line is an absolute shambles right now, but they can't run the ball, and they really have no reinforcements coming to help them. Run the football. Yeah, they're one of the worst teams in the league. To the point where McVay kind of said earlier, he said uh, last week that he wants to stop wasting plays in the run game. He goes, "We got to figure out how to make it a better operation. You don't feel like you're wasting plays because in some instances, that's what I feel like. You know, we're getting some of the looks we want. We've got to be able to execute better. We're going to be able to hit the blocks better. We got to be able to handle movement better. So they almost feel like every time they go to a running play, it's going to go for no yards. It's just, yeah, it's just a, it's a bust for them." So, you know, Akers had been bad and Henderson unproductive and they brought up the guy from the practice squad and Rivers and the fifth round guy who's been out with an ankle injury. Uh, they haven't gotten anything out of him. So, yes, they have really straight up. Part of that's the offensive line. Part of that is the offensive line. But, man, when you only average like, what, 65 rushing yards a game somewhere around there? I mean, it's that's you really can't count on that running game to help you. Yeah, I mean, look, we thought things were bad with the Cardinals offense and things are bad with the Arizona Cardinals offense. Let's call it like it is. But the level of bad that they are with the Rams, it's almost like a brand new level of bad. In the first half of that game against the Bucks, and I think this speaks to the running game that the, the Rams don't have right now. In the first half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on first down, the L.A. Rams averaged 0.3 yards per first down. Wasting plays. Right, that's the wasting of plays. We're, we're basically going second and ten on every play. It's a f- we're wasting first downs. Foot. It's a foot. Yeah, You're you might as well not even foot. bother. Just put it back to the original line. It doesn't matter. Right. What's the point? There is no point. Like that. There's no point. Yeah. Now, 
the flip side for the Rams, and the thing that I think, if you're a Cardinals fan, concerns you a lot, especially with the news about Kyler Murray and, and his availability, okay, is that we know Will Hernandez is out. He got put on the injured reserve today. He's right. going to miss a minimum of four games. Okay, he's out. Who's going to play his spot? We don't know. Is it Lasita Smith? Max Garcia was still, I think, a DNP for practice today, so his availability is a question mark. You already know you don't have Rodney Hudson for this game. He's been ruled out, so it's either going to be Billy Price or Sean Harlow low at center. You know it's going to be Cody Ford at the left guard position, assuming he's healthy enough to go. You're going up against Aaron Donald, and he's still getting it done. We can we can sit here and poke holes in the Rams all day long. There are three guys defensively who are getting it done for the for the Rams. Yeah, three stud players. Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey, among the highest, best graded players at their positions in the National but Football League. You gotta feel bad, bad. You gotta feel bad for Bobby Wagner, right? Leave Seattle. Yep. They let him go, right? They let him go. Same day that they traded Wilson, I think, right? I think it was the same day. You're right, yeah. They let Bobby Wagner right. they, they let Bobby Wagner go. Seattle's in first place. He goes to the Rams, and the Rams are terrible. But it's not because of him. I mean, Wagner's played well for them. Aaron Donald's played well. Jalen Ramsey's played well. Bobby Wagner's been pretty good. Um, and obviously, if there was a longer tree, you know, they, they could look to trade him. You know, if if the trade deadline was later, but the trade deadline is earlier, so you're going to keep Bobby Wagner. But Bobby Wagner has been good for the Rams. He has been. So that's the, it's, it's not it's not the defense as much as it is the offense. The defense hasn't been great, but it's been good enough. It's just the offense that's causing a lot of issues. After watching Kyler get sacked five times this past week against Seattle, and don't get me wrong, Seattle's defense is playing at a much better level right now. I'm scared for anybody playing quarterback for the Cardinals this week with the interior of the line with three backups going against Aaron Donald. I'm just that that is a recipe for disaster. That is a recipe for wow. pressure up the middle all day. I don't know if the Cardinals are going to be able to get their run game established because of what Aaron Donald might be able to do to whomever. He'll disrupt everything. Is the left guard center right guard combination for the Cardinals. Well, listen, you, it is what it is. You'll have to come up with a plan. You know, do you keep one tight end in? You keep two tight ends in? Do you keep a back to try to pick up and, and help out and ship whatever you whatever you got to do. You can't let Aaron Donald to go off. Now, it was crazy last year. In the game that the Cardinals won, the one game that Cliff Kingsbury beat Sean McVay, the one time he beat him, they shut Aaron Donald down. It was yeah. one of the worst game of his career. Then the next time they played him, Aaron Donald came back and he was Defensive Player of the Week. So, <laughs> you know, they, he just had that one outlier game where he didn't play very well, and that enabled the Cardinals to win. But if he plays well, you've got you know, no chance of winning this game. I'm assuming Rodney Hudson was available for that first game. I wonder if he was there for the second. I can't remember. I have to go back and look at the box score. I, I didn't mean to ask you to put you on the spot. I was just kind of thinking out loud more than anything. I, I'm assuming he played in that first game when Aaron Donald got shut down. I, I don't know if he was there for that second game or not. Yeah, it's it's. But it's, they, they left tackle, left guard, center. When you when you've had to play without three starters on your offensive line. You know, the Cardinals, like, you're, and then you're playing oh. all these different backups, and sometimes the backup to the backup has had to play because guys haven't been ready to come back and play. I mean, the offensive line is, I mean, it's it's a patchwork offensive line. You're just trying to get through the season. You're trying not to get your quarterback killed. Yeah, in this game, and I know we're still a few days away from it, but that's the, the, the L.A. Rams are the only team that has a clear advantage in one regard, and that's Aaron Donald versus that offensive line. Rams offense against the Cardinals defense, I don't know who has the advantage there, right? The the But the one clear advantage in this game to me where you just know they have 
They are better than the Cardinals at that. And it beats any other advantage the Cardinals have over the Rams. So these two teams are really even. Offensively, there have been struggles. Defensively, there have been struggles. But Aaron Donald going up against those three guys is a clear advantage for the Rams going this game. And I don't think the Cardinals have a clear advantage on their side going into this game. Is there one thing that you can say the Cardinals, okay, that's advantage Cardinals without question. I don't know if they've got that one thing. Whereas I think the Rams do, and it's Aaron Donald. I mean, I would say DeAndre, you have DeAndre Hopkins, but they have Cooper Cup. So does that kind of like... And they have Jalen Ramsey to put on DeAndre Hopkins. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, just, I don't feel like either team has the advantage over the other, except... Aaron Donald. Well, listen to that. I mean, I think the thing with the Rams defense, those three guys are all playing well, those three, but nobody else on that defense is. No. So that's where you got to attack. You got to attack those other areas. Those three guys are playing good. The rest of the defense is not. All right. When we come back, all this talk about the Suns and their depth and guys they don't have. How much regret do we have that a certain player isn't available here to help right now? And no, we're not talking about Jake Crowder. We'll tell you who we're talking about next on Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yes, yeah, speaking of that Hard Knocks debut, that is tonight. That is the subject of our Twitter poll question. And I'll be honest, I when we first rolled the question out, I thought, all right, we we've had better questions. Honestly, sorry, Eric, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus like that. But I thought, you know, because I, I just figured most people would say yes. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question. Oh, is this one a Mitch question? Oh, is this you, Mitch? Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter right. poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Well, that explains it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything. Oh, okay, I get it now. All right. It was Mitch's mm. question. All right. That makes sense. I'm just kidding, That's Mitch. so not nice. I know. It's not nice. I was just teasing him. Um, but in retrospect... I'm damn glad we asked this question because I'm really too. surprised by the answers. I, I was in the same boat because I know I'm, I'm going to watch. I, I'm excited to watch. We obviously all follow the Cardinals very closely, but we had to ask the people, are you going to be watching the premiere of Hard Knocks in season? Obviously, both of you said yes. I asked you guys to guess the percentage of people. This who is said like yes. watching the election results coming in. It's like, <laughs> what's Shocking. it going to be? Honestly, seriously. I didn't want to last night, and even I did for like four hours, right? I'm like, all right, well, I guess. You like your results? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like, I, I did. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of one of the same reasons I didn't want to watch Hard Knocks. It's like, oh, God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, God, what's going to happen? And then I, I probably I, watched about 10 hours of election coverage. Did you really? I probably throughout I, I, the day. I got to about, well, you were off, yeah, you were off yesterday. I, I got to about three, and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm done. Saturated. I've had. I just don't understand oh, how. Like, see. I don't understand how Florida can count only six million votes in like no time, and we like we're, we're still here at sixty percent or something. I, Nevada too. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't get this counting thing. That's a conversation. Jello cup. That's exactly Jello just cup. That's count, a, just count them. Let's go. Conversation for the station. Let's find, uh, out. Let's find out. We are here to provide a respite from all that kind of talk. It's internal. Well, I can count the votes here. I can see right now who's going to be watching count uh, hard knocks. I got the counting right here. Exactly. Let's just leave it up to Twitter to vote on our public officials. That'd be a banner idea. What's our? Uh, what's the question? What's the result? So the question was, who's go- or how many of you are going to be watching the premiere of Hard Knocks in season tonight? We all thought it would be in the seventies, maybe high sixties, but leading the way with no at fifty eight point seven percent. 
is no. And then yes is 41.3%. We're all turned around here, and people are not watching Hard Knocks how many tonight. People, how many people have voted so far? Not that many. Only 414, but still a pretty heavy majority, basically 60-40. I, I, I think we need the power of a Gambo retweet here on this one. I think I did. I mean, I think did, you already, did you already retweet this one? Say, okay. Do it again. I don't believe you did. Um, you voted on it in the middle of the 230 segment before, but I don't know if we got I the, just, the Gambo retweet. Thank God. Okay, here you go. Such a crazy right. low number. I, I Huh. You know, I, I you want to check back in at uh, okay. There it is. There after it is. the Gambo retweet, I, I voted on it and didn't retweet it. That's my bad. Okay. I retweeted it now. Uh, I retweeted it. Will you be watching? So we'll do one more check in sometime before the end of the show. I, I just yeah, I'm, let's do a check in before. Just really surprised by that number. But if they were six and three, that would do. It would be it would be eighty five percent. I just think that. Listen, this is an unfortunate part. Listen, you've lived here your whole life. You know this. When a team gets to that point, a lot of fans check out. Yeah. I'm checked out. Yeah, but we how many fans have checked out? You're three and six. Your playoff hopes are over. It's just, you're not. You're either going to watch it. You're either not going to watch it, or you're going to you want to play. People are going to watch it differently. Now, I, I certainly think that's part of it. I, I just I believe in what we've believed in on this show for many, many years. Like a team, regardless of sport, fans are interested when they're really, really bad or when they're really, really good. Right. Anything in between, it's just kind of like, eh, okay, right. you know. And there's not a a whole hum kind of level of mediocrity to the Arizona Cardinals. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL yeah. so far this year. They have been one of the worst teams yeah, in the, the NFL re- so far yeah. this year. They're, they're, they're picking in the top ten in the NFL draft right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they've got the seventh pick overall in the draft right now. Let's they're, go! Yeah, so <laughs> I can't root. For I got that. my Gambo Five coming out Monday. <laughs> oh no, you don't! Here we go, the no. Gambo Five. Oh no, you do not. No, there we go. Not. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. I should do it. I should do a Gambo Five now just to see how close I could come. Don't. I mean, if you want to, but I yeah, can't no, imagine you're going to come very close this week. Um, not Jay Crowder. Jalen Smith. How much do the Suns miss him right now? You know, it's an interesting question because he is playing really, really well. Really well. It was uh he he's starting in Indiana. He just never got the opportunity with the Suns to, to play. Like he never got the a real opportunity to play. But ever since he got to Indiana, like they're starting him. He's playing and they like him. Like they absolutely like him and some of the things that he can do. So I think this is one that the Suns kind of missed on. Now maybe they missed on him because they had a veteran team. He was here the year they went to the NBA finals against Milwaukee. They were loaded with veterans and they just didn't have room for a young guy like that. But I could look at it now and I could say, look, they don't they don't miss very often. James Jones doesn't miss very often. But here's a guy at a double day at 15 points and 11 rebounds against the Pelicans the other day. And Indiana won 15 points and 11 rebounds. He was, you know, uh, what, the 10th overall pick in the draft? Yep. And they're saying he looks like a completely different player in Indiana. He's averaging 12.7 points, 7.8 rebounds. Um, He's played in 24 fewer games for Indiana than Phoenix, but he's already got more rebounds and points as a pacer because he's getting minutes. Like, they, 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 they can develop him. The Suns didn't feel like they had the time to develop him, and they let him go. They traded him for Torrey Craig, and now that was a good trade for Indiana because they've got this young player that they could try to build with a little bit. Yeah, the the story that you sent me also points out that three-point shooting for Jalen Green, when he was here with the Suns, he shot 23% from the three-point line. He's a 35% shooter at Indiana. Now, if he was they would have never traded if him. If he was a 35% three-point shooter here, I don't think they ever would have traded no, him. You're right. Um, I, I think that was kind of thing number one, and I think thing number two, honestly, is that 
last year, they won 64 games. They needed, they were looking for a help you now guy kind of guy, not a help you later kind of guy. Yeah. And Tory Craig was much more of a help you now kind of guy, you know, because of what he had done the first time that he was here before he went to Indiana in the first place. I mean, like, we've, we were talking about this a little on Monday. We've seen it all with Tory Craig. We've seen good Tory. We've seen bad Tory and we've seen good Tory again, right? Yeah. Like last year when he came here after the trade deadline, you would have hardly known Tory Craig was traded to the Phoenix Suns. He made no impact at all. This year is different. He's making an impact. The first time around, it was different. He made an impact. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't. would have been a nice player to have right now. He'd be a really nice player to have right now. Yep. But I still, I still applaud the Suns for trying to do something to go for it last year. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I'm not, because I can't sit here and be the guy to say, oh man, I wish you'd had Jalen Smith. Because you know me. Every time, every year, a trade deadline comes around, when you're as good as the Suns are, I'm the guy saying, go make a trade. I'm the guy saying, hey, go do whatever you have to do to win now because you're in this window to win a championship. Go do it. So I'm not going to be hypocritical now and say, oh, no, you shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have traded Tory Craig. Bad, bad move. No, it, 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 no, no, no you listen, had to do it. You and, had to. And I think maybe if Jalen Smith was here, he would have never had the real opportunity to be who he is. I mean, he's had uh, 24 double-doubles. Uh, he's reached double-digit scoring. Eight times he reached double-digit scoring with the Suns. He's done it 24 times with Indiana. Double-digit scoring, not double-doubles. So he's getting the opportunity. I don't know if he would have ever gotten the opportunity until like now. Like now may be the time. Like, oh, get going to give Jalen Smith a chance. Let's see what he can do. Uh, but they, they moved on from him. They brought a veteran player in that could defend and shoot the three and gives him some length and stuff. But you know, Jalen was a guy, and Jalen was skinny. Like he was skinny. And uh, I liked, you know, I, a lot of people were surprised by that. Pick. I know they. I knew that they were on to him when when that draft was coming up, but I think that they just didn't feel like they had playing time for him, and so they traded him. I will say this, and I think you're right about one thing. We're yeah. talking about Jalen Smith. It's really the one miss for James Jones. You know, like his yes. general manager. It really is the one, the one situation well, that just it, it just. Everything he's done has, within some degree of success, worked right. Jalen Smith didn't. He was just about the only thing James Jones Tyrese did. Tyrese Halliburton, didn't. too? Yeah. So it's the double whammy. Yeah. So you got a kid who's actually pretty good, but you didn't hold on to him long enough to find out. And you passed on a kid that would have been a nice backup point guard for you with a chance to maybe be your starter down the road. Like, so maybe that combination just didn't play out the way it They did. weren't even interested in Tyrese Halliburton. Do you still remember NBA draft night? We had, yeah. we, we were we were talking about, you know, like who the Suns can take with Vince. And Vince is like, you tell me no one, Tyrese Halliburton? Like, no, and you're like, no. Not, they're not interested. I said he's not. They're, they're not yeah, interested at all. In ty- and, and Vince was beside himself. <laughs> and, and in retrospect, Vince was right. You had Tyrese Halliburton right now? Ooh, yeah. Boy. No, they didn't like Tyrese Halliburton. I think they viewed him more as a combo guard, but they were not interested in him in the draft. And it's just the one miss right there. Text the word DEVILS to 620-620. Your chance to win VIP field and tailgate passes to see ASU take on Oregon State, courtesy of Bar S. Again, text the word DEVILS to 620-620. Kyler Murray. A lot of news today about him, what he had to say behind a microphone, and his injury status going forward. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
So I just want to clarify something here before I hit play on a couple of these Kyler Murray sound bites that we have here today. Because okay. Wednesdays are the day that he meets the media. Clarify away. I will. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, Kyler Murray spoke, and then after Kyler Murray spoke, we learned that Kyler Murray wouldn't have practiced today. Had there been a f- so, if you're looking for the Kyler Murray soundbite on whether why he's he going to play or why he didn't practice or how he feels at the right. state of his hamstring, I don't have that you for you. I don't have that for you. The, okay. the injury report came out after the media availability. So let's not bury the lead here before I hit play on all these sound bites. Let's pass along the news that when the Cardinals released their initial injury report today, Kyler Murray was on it. And even though it was a walkthrough and so they could only estimate what guys would have been able to do had there been a practice, Kyler Murray did not practice today, would not have practiced if there was a full practice with a hamstring injury. And as part of a follow-up on that, I'll, I'll read to everybody here a tweet on this topic from uh, Ian Rappaport, who tweeted out today, Kyler Murray is considered day-to-day with his hamstring injury, a source said. It's not nothing. It's not catastrophic. Stay tuned this week. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, keep an eye on this a little bit. Yeah. You know, just it's not nothing. It's not a little thing. It's it's something that it's not end of the season type stuff. It's not catastrophic, but it is something worth monitoring over the course of the week. And I'll continue to say that I don't think it's such a bad thing if, if like, Kyler's your quarterback. I'm not saying like Colt McCoy's the future. I'm just saying for one game, I wouldn't mind seeing Colt McCoy take this offense and see what he could do with it. Just to kind of get like a, a even a better idea of like whose fault this is as to why this offense is struggling so badly. Now, injuries are a major factor. There's no doubt about it. But I like if Colt, if, if Kyler can't go this week, it's not like they're six and three. Okay. If they were six and three, I wouldn't feel like Th- that. That's the key. But because they're three and six and they've had so many problems with the offense. Yeah. They can't get out of their own way. What did they average yards per pass last week? 3.5. 3.5. Yeah, we talked about the distance between me and you is is about the yardage that Kyler's average pass was. I wouldn't mind seeing Colt McCoy. Uh, and if Colt McCoy can go out there and lead this offense and throw some passes down the field, and maybe they hit on a 40-yard pass for the first time all year, or maybe they have you know more passes of 20, 20 yards or more than they've had... I, you know, then I think we could look at, again, look at Kyler and say, man, it's, it's probably you. It's probably you. If Colt's able to come in and run this offense efficiently and make passes down the field, then it's got to be you. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't curious to. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't kind of want to see it myself. And, and the main reason why is the record. Yeah. Right? It is the belief. Okay, like if you're really, truly competing for a playoff spot, then I don't think anybody in their right mind would think that. You'd want to give yourself the very best opportunity to win a football game. And presumably, that's with Kyler Murray. But when you're 3-6, and six, when you're, I mean, right now, season ends today, you've got the seventh pick in the draft. So you are truly one of the worst teams in the NFL up until this point, given all all of that is kind of the backdrop. What I mind for one game to see Colt McCoy give it a shot and just see, you know, look, we started this week. I told you I wanted to see a different play caller. Why did I want to see a different play caller? Something different. Something new. Just just yeah. change this it a little bit. This is the same thing. Same thing. Just change the equation a little because bit. If it's the play caller, and just give me a sign of what it looks right. like when you change the equation a little bit. So I'm if, with it's, you. if it's the play caller, you change the play caller and all of a sudden Kyler has a great game and the offense is rolling, yeah, it's probably Cliff. 
If you change the quarterback and it's the same play caller, Cliff, and the offense gets rolling, it's like, okay, it's probably more Kyler. Yeah. Look, I totally understand what everybody's going to say. It's, it's definitely some Kyler. It's definitely some Cliff. It's definitely both of them, right? It's definitely both of them. But somebody's got to be more to blame. Now, I'm going to tell you, the problem with Kyler seriously comes down to he can't, if the first guy that he's reading is not open, he's screwed. He's just screwed. He's going to get that, he's going to get that snap. He's going to look at the first guy. If that guy's open, this offense is going to be successful. If that guy's not open and he's got to now look at other guys, that's when he gets big panics. He, he, he rolls out of the pocket. He tries to buy time. He doesn't know what to do. He looks to run. So that's the major problem with Kyler is like, first guy open, this offense is really good. First guy not open, this offense is really bad. Yeah, and and we we both agree one game isn't proof positive, right? Like if like let's say Kyler doesn't play and it's Colt and they're great. Okay, that's not we don't come in here on Monday and say, Oh, that's it, it's all Kyler, one hundred percent guaranteed. You made the joke earlier, you wouldn't be able to get a warrant from a judge based off of that little <laughs> evidence. All right? <laughs> right, it's not, right. It's not enough proof to go get a warrant, but right. it certainly would be I watch way too many cop shows. It'd be interesting. I I, I I would be lying if I said I wasn't interested to see. Now we'll see. Maybe it Ever gets to that point because Kyler was made available to the media today, which almost in and of itself suggests an availability for Sunday's game. Hold on, your your, your father was the police chief at some point, right? Yeah, he was. Do you yeah. know what a bolo means? B O L L bolo. No, you don't. No, oh, okay, I didn't know either. What is a bolo? I had to look it up because we watch all these police shows and they always say, "Put out a bolo, put out a bolo." I'm like, do you guys know what a bolo is? Mitch, you know what a bolo is? You're not talking about the tie, are you? No, like in, in the police shows. In Latin America, it's a bun. Like anytime you watch like an FBI show or a police show, like put out the bolo. Chicago PD or FBI. I finally sat there the other day, like on the last week sometime watching with Chelsea. Like, do you, I was like, do you know what a bolo is? She goes, no. I'm like, I'm going to look it up. Well, tell us what it is. All right. We, we get 30 seconds of you not knowing what it is. What is it? Be on the lookout. <sighs> Your father was the police chief. You should know that. Well, see, here's... He was the police chief. Let me tell you the thing about being the son of a police chief. Yeah. Okay? Let me tell you the thing about that. You're either really good or you're really bad. And I was really good because I was scared to death of him. My brother... Oh, uh. <laughs> he he should bolo. <laughs> Be on the lookout. I, I never needed to. I never needed to, to bolo when I was uh. a kid. I was. I was. I was straight. Mm. It's an arrow. Whereas my, I'm just. I'm, start using if, if Matt's listening right start now. Start using kidding, that for sports. Put a, put out a bolo yeah. every time. Put for for player who's not playing well. Kyler today on if he and Cliff are going to change anything. Nah, everybody's looking for these answers. I mean, the answers do your job. Do your job better. Um, understand what you have to do. Understand. Um, how we're blocking this protection, my drop, you know, the depth on your route. Um, there is no, there's no, there's no magic wand for you know the mistakes. It's really, all you got to do is do your job. Um, you know, I can live with me throwing a pick. I can, I mean, I'm gonna be pissed off, but I can live with somebody dropping a ball, somebody missing a, a block, uh, missing a cut. That's just gonna happen, you know. So, um, but not knowing what you're doing, you know, the mental mistakes and stuff like that, like that, that just can't happen. You know, we we don't have a chance at that point. Um. This stat from it's a website called Warren Sharp Football, and I think this is going to really resonate. Oh, I know that. I know that site. You know that site? Yeah. You know Sharp Football Analysis, Warren yeah. Sharp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely do. Sure. This is going to. People are going to nod their heads when they hear this one. Kyler Murray versus the Rams. Fifty-eight percent of his passes completed for seven touchdowns and eight interceptions in his career. Six point two yards per attempt. This is. I. I 
I remember this being a bad matchup for Kyler Murray. I remember the Rams, and it's it's easy to say that when Cliff is one and seven against the Rams, right? Like there's there's part part of the reason is that Kyler must not be very good against them either. But I seem to remember that like certain quarterbacks you remember struggling against certain teams. I remember Kyler Murray not playing his best against the Rams. And a lot of that probably has to do with Aaron Donald breathing down his neck, right, so which is really going to be amplified this well, week with the Cards the, offensive The one time line. they beat him last year, Aaron Donald was he was invisible. Yeah. And then the next time he was the player of the week, <laughs> defensively. So, like, I, I get it. That's um, like that. He's a beast. He's, he's, he's the best defensive player in this league maybe since Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Wouldn't disagree. I mean, it's with very that. fair to say that. Best defensive player in this league since LT. We have the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you by Carol Roy's Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Got a podcast. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. And for the record, I was kidding about my brother. I just like to tease him about that. He did get into a little bit of trouble, but not like a lot of trouble. Yeah. So it's, it's, I just, Bolo. I like, I like to give I just found out that. what it was first time. Feels like a few years since we've said this, but it is time to say it again. Devin Booker, he needs some help out there, man. That's next. Burns and Gambo.